you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast, where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. I'm going to tell you about Matt. See, I knew Matt before he was a champion ultra marathoner. If you're not a runner and you don't know what ultra marathons are, basically ultra marathons are distances any farther than a marathon. 26.2 miles is a marathon. Well, a 50K or a 50 miler or a 100K or a 100 miler, those are ultra marathons. And Matt was in the army with me. He was in the Ranger Regiment, and Matt struggled with his fitness. I mean, really struggled with his fitness. And there was points where Matt just couldn't keep up. On a simple two-mile or five-mile run, Matt was so far back that he was holding the unit back. And because this is a special operations unit, you really couldn't hold the unit back. And so Matt ended up having to leave the unit because of his fitness. He just couldn't keep up. And Matt tried hard. He took a look in the mirror after getting released from the unit. This is the hardest thing that they could ask of him. And Matt ended up having to do a hard look in the mirror. He took the hardest first step. He looked in the mirror and he said, I don't like this life and I'm going to do something. So Matt decided to start running. And I mean, this brother started running hard and started getting faster and started getting stronger. And pretty soon Matt was running faster than everybody else around him. When I talked to Matt a second time after leaving the Ranger Regiment, Matt had already won his first ultra marathon. And he said, Hey, Jeff, you run a lot. Why don't we run together? And we were both stationed on Fort Benning at the same time. And Matt left me in the dust. I struggled to keep up with that man. People have stopped and asked me for running advice from time to time. I go to Matt when I need some advice about running. Matt made this massive change and became, I'm calling it, an unstoppable leader in our community. Everybody who's ultra running knows about Matt because of the unstoppable leader that this guy became. And I'm convinced that if you were to take one step, just one simple step, you can become an unstoppable leader too. It is our mission on planet earth. King Jesus left earth and left his church here on earth to fulfill his mission. And his mission is really simple. Take people that are far from Jesus and turn them into followers. And once you've turned them into followers, now turn them into leaders that are leading others. Two Cities Church exists for the very purpose, city one, of reaching people that are far from from Jesus, and city two, turning them into leaders who will reach others. And here's what I want you to understand. If you hear nothing else from the Bible today, nothing else from me today, I want you to hear this. It's right there on the screens for you. Becoming a leader is just a one-step journey. You take one step, and Jesus meets you after you take that step, and he takes care of everything else after that. You see, what I'm going to describe for you today, actually, I'm not going to describe it for you. What the Bible is going to describe for you today is for very regular, very ordinary dudes, just like you. And then Jesus meets them, and they turn the world upside down by the time you get to the end of the Bible. These four brothers, these four guys that we read about today, Simon, 
Andrew, Philip, and Nathaniel. By the time you get to the end of the Old Testament, set the world on fire. What happened to these guys? Well, they took the first step and Jesus met them. And in fact, you're going to see some guys that just take the first step today. A step that you can take. So I want you to just humor me for a second. No embarrassment, no shame. How many of you in this room have read the entire New Testament from Matthew to Revelation? Raise your hand. The guys that you read about in the Bible today, thank you, are going to show back up in the New Testament over and over again. And they're going to show up in really spectacular ways. Now look up here for a second and please lean in and hear what I'm going to say next. When we meet them today, they're just regular guys. Just exactly like you when we meet them today. And what I want you to see today from the Bible is there's no difference between them and you. What Jesus did in them and through them, he certainly can, and I believe he wants to do in you and through you. So let's take a look at these four guys that become unstoppable leaders. And I want you to see yourself in one of these four guys, maybe more than one of these four guys from the Bible today. The first guy that we're going to be introduced to from the book of John chapter 1 is a guy by the name of Andrew. Now, we left off last week talking about John the Baptist's followers. John the Baptist had a crowd of people around him. He had a couple of guys that were close to him. And one day, Jesus shows up on the scene. John the Baptist is kind of the voice piece, the herald for the king of kings. And when Jesus shows up on the scene, John the Baptist says, there he is right there, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And where the Bible left off last week is some of John's followers heard it. And they left John and they started following Jesus. One of those guys is a guy by the name of Andrew. We pick up where we left off last week with Andrew's story. Andrew is introduced to us, John chapter 1, starting in verse 40. And here's what the Bible tells us about Andrew. Andrew was watching. Andrew was waiting. And when John the Baptist said, here he is, the one you've been watching and waiting for, Andrew immediately left John, started to follow Jesus. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John, John the Baptist, and followed him, Jesus. Andrew heard John talk about Jesus, left John, started following Jesus. Here's what the Bible says next. He first found his own brother, Simon. Now, because the Bible uses the words found, it's telling us Simon was not hanging out with Andrew and not listening to John the Baptist when Andrew was listening to John the Baptist. Simon wasn't there when John the Baptist said, there's Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The very first thing, that Andrew does is say, I got to go tell my brother about this. He first found his own brother, Simon, and he told him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated, the word Messiah is translated God's anointed one, or in the Greek, it's translated into the word Christ. That's where his last name, Jesus Christ, Christ means God's anointed one. We have found Messiah, God's anointed one, and Simon brought, or I mean, Andrew brought Simon to Jesus. We're going to pick up at the end of verse 42 next. Now, the reason why Andrew is able to recognize Jesus is because Andrew's looking. Andrew's waiting. And when the Bible says that Andrew first finds Jesus, 
uh, first finds Simon, he, Andrew, at this point, is the first disciple that the Bible lists by name of Jesus. If you want to know more about that word disciple, go back and listen to last week's sermon. But I'm going to try to give you a very simple, very easy explanation of what do you mean by the word disciple, this Bible word, at the end of this message today. Andrew does what just comes natural. And he says, I just had the greatest thing in the world happen to me. This is better than buying a new car, better than finding the perfect guy, better than landing the perfect job. This is the greatest news that's ever happened to me. And I can't sit on it. I got to go tell somebody. And Andrew's first thought is, of course, his brother. You see, back in January, we started talking to you about one person that might be in your life who doesn't know Jesus, who's far from Jesus. We called them, look up on the screens, you're 2021. See what we did with the word one there? This is the one person that you're asking God to give you the chance to talk to in this year, 2021, about Jesus. And for Andrew, the one person that came to his mind was Peter. His name is Simon at this point, Simon, his brother. And he says, I got to go tell my brother. And it's only natural. I just want you to know this. If you grew up in a family that is far from Jesus, the very first thing that you would want to do, because this was my experience, is go tell your family. Because if your family is as jacked up as my family, you're going to say, man, only Jesus can fix that jacked up family. So I need to tell them about Jesus. And that's exactly what Andrew does as soon as he finds Jesus. He goes and says, Simon, I got to talk to you, brother. I got to tell you who I just met. And this is the one we've been hearing about since we were little boys in Bible class. I just want you to know it is a one-step process for Andrew to go from being a follower to being a leader. And that one step is just simply to start a conversation with his own brother. It's that easy. It's that natural. And I want you to feel like it's that easy and that natural for you. So Andrew's looking. And by the way, when the Bible says Andrew first finds Peter, his brother, Simon Peter, his brother, The idea here is that's not the only person that Andrew brought to Jesus. Andrew brought a lot more people to Jesus, but the first one, the one that was on his heart more than anybody else, was his brother, Simon. And then Simon is now confronted with what he believes about Jesus. Let's pick up where we left off in verse 42 and hear about Simon, who was just busy Humor me for a moment today. Simon was just doing his thing when Andrew was looking for Jesus. And then Andrew goes and finds Simon while he's doing his thing. Let's pick back up in verse 42 where Andrew goes and introduces his brother to Jesus. He brought Simon to Jesus. And then Jesus saw him, Simon. And Jesus changes this brother, radically changes him in an instant. Your name is Simon, the son of John, but you're not going to be called Simon anymore. In fact, your, your friends call you in Aramaic. The name is translated Cephas, which in the Greek language, the language of our day, is the name Rock or the name Peter. And from this point on, we just call him Peter in the Bible. We don't call him Simon anymore. Your name will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. And then the next day, the Bible says Jesus does something weird. He just starts to gather a crowd around him, and he leaves, and he goes on a journey to Galilee. And then we're going to learn what happens next. 
when Jesus takes a journey the next day to Galilee. Now, I say Simon is busy because Simon's not looking. In fact, we don't know exactly where Simon was. Let's just call him Peter. It will be easier on me. We don't know exactly where Simon Peter Peter is when his brother Andrew shows up, but we do know this. He is not with John the Baptist, and I say he's busy because he's not looking for Jesus. He's just living his life. His brother's looking, but Peter's not. And when his brother shows up, his brother can't hold the good news back. His brother takes the one-step journey and goes from following Jesus to being a leader for Jesus by just simply telling, hey, brother, hey, Simon, or hey, Peter, I just found the one that we have been learning about since we were little boys. But Peter wasn't expecting this. And when Peter meets Jesus... Jesus radically changes this guy. He becomes the guy that much of the New Testament is written by or written about. That's how much of a difference Jesus makes when he meets Andrew's brother, Peter. Now listen, y'all, you're going to run into somebody this week, I promise you, and I don't even need to know what your week looks like. You're going to run into somebody exactly like Peter this week. They don't love Jesus They don't hate Jesus. They just don't think about him. And the reason they don't think about him is because he's not the center of their world like he is your world. They're just living life, going through their day. They got errands to run and bills to pay, and they're just doing their thing. And that's, I really believe, what's going on with Peter when his brother shows up and says, Peter, stop what you're doing for a second. I got to tell you this news. And when Andrew meets him, Peter is confronted with the greatest news that he's ever heard in human history. I promise you, you're going to run into somebody this week. They don't love Jesus. They don't hate Jesus. They just don't think about him at all. And you have the chance to do exactly the same thing that Andrew did. To just simply say, hey, can I introduce you to the greatest man that's ever walked on planet Earth? The one who radically changed my life. And by the way, he can do it for you too. I'll tell you how to do that today in some very natural very simple ways. That's the one-step journey to going from being a follower of Jesus to being a leader of others who are following Jesus. It's one simple step. So Andrew's watching. He's waiting. Peter's just busy. And then Jesus goes on a journey. And the Bible doesn't tell us exactly why, but he kind of leaves the region where he met Andrew, probably where John was baptizing at the Jordan River, and he decides to go on a road trip to the area of Galilee in the northern part of the region. And he goes there because Jesus has somebody that he wants to go meet. This is now the first person that Jesus meets personally and invites to follow him. Up to this point, Andrew hears about Jesus from John the Baptist, Peter hears about Jesus from Andrew, but Jesus is going after Philip when Philip is just up in Galilee, and apparently he's just chilling and not looking or listening for him. Here's what the Bible says next. John chapter 1, starting in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, and he found Philip, and Jesus looks him in the eyes and says, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael. We'll pick up with Nathanael next. 
I kind of want to just stop here for a second and talk about what's going on because the first person that would be natural for you to want to talk to about Jesus would be your family. The next natural category of people would be friends. We can assume that Philip knew Andrew and Peter because they're from the same small town, the same hometown, but Andrew and Peter are not going after Philip. Jesus is going after Philip. And Jesus goes looking for him. Jesus looks Peter in the eye, or Philip in the eye, and he says the same thing to him that he said to you when you were still in your sin, and he wanted to have a relationship with you. He looked you in the eyes, and he said, I want you to follow me. And apparently, Philip was so moved by this that he dropped everything. I wish the Bible told us more about this encounter. This is all we know about Philip and Jesus. Like, I tend to believe, if you will just imagine with me for a second, I believe Philip is at the checkout line of the Galilee grocery store, and Jesus is in line next to him. And they just spark up a conversation. Now, to Philip, this is totally random, but to Jesus, it's not, because he's just gone on a road trip to meet this brother while he's in the checkout line of the grocery store. And I think Jesus is looking in his cart, and he's saying, hey, you got some ribs, and you got some beer in your cart? You doing a barbecue this weekend? Oh, you got a coupon for chips? How much is that coupon for? Hey, by the way, let me introduce myself to you. My name is Jesus, and I'm the one. No, I mean the Matrix, Morpheus, and Trinity looking for Neo one. I'm the one that you were looking for all of your life, and I want you to leave the cart. I want you to leave the barbecue, and I want you to come follow me. And however this goes down, whatever happens here, it hits Philip like a ton of bricks. And Philip decides, you know what? Everything that I was ever pursuing, everything that really mattered to me, it's not important anymore. Following this man, that's what's important to me. And the very next thing that Philip thinks about is Nathaniel. Like, I I can't sit on this news. I got to go tell somebody. And so Philip goes and immediately tells Nathaniel. Now, here's the problem. We don't know who Nathaniel is. In fact, the name Nathaniel only shows up at the beginning and at the end of this book in the Bible. Doesn't show up anywhere else. Actually, there's a dude named Nathaniel way back in the Old Testament in the book of Ezra. That would be several hundred years ago. I'm pretty sure it's not that guy. So we don't know anything else about him. Some people think this Nathaniel is actually the guy who's mentioned as Bartholomew in the other three Gospels of the New Testament. Because Bartholomew actually isn't a first name. It's the name son of Ptolemy. So some people believe this is Bartholomew's first name, uh, Nathaniel Bartholomew. And when Philip goes to talk to him, and I hope this encourages you, Nathaniel hears what he has to say, and he's like, "Mm, I'm not sure I believe what you're saying to me, Philip. Like, I read the Bible, and it didn't have that much of an impact on me, or what I read and what you're telling me, I'm not sure I can see how these two things line up. Do you see what it says on the screens? When Nathaniel first is introduced to Jesus from Philip, he's a bit skeptical. In fact, more than a bit skeptical. And then he goes through a radical, instantaneous transformation when he finally meets Jesus firsthand. Let's see how this guy goes from skeptic to the first one who is declaring Jesus' deity apart from John the Baptist. Philip shows up, 
And he says, hey, Nathaniel, I got to tell you, we found him, the one that we have been searching for and hearing about since we were little boys. And here's Nathaniel's answer. Wait a second. He comes from where? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, basically, this was an insult to Jesus' hometown. He's basically saying, look, the people in Nazareth are losers. So everybody who comes out of Nazareth must be a loser. And this is the response. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel asked him, and here's Philip's answer. Come and see. Y'all see those three words on the screen? Where did Philip get those three words from? I'm convinced that he heard those words directly from the mouth of Jesus. Because if you point back to last week, when John's followers hear about Jesus and they go up to talk to him and they say, Jesus, we got a bunch of questions. Where are you going? We'd like to go along with you so we can ask you a whole bunch of questions. Jesus says, why don't you just come and see where I'm going? And now Philip is using the same language that Jesus used with him on Nathaniel. Nathaniel, you're not really sure if you believe this really is Messiah, the anointed one of God. Well, why don't you come and see with your own eyes? Which, if you read between the lines, is exactly what Nathaniel does. Look what happens next. Then Jesus saw Nathaniel, and I think Philip is carrying him. Hey, Philip, let's go meet him. There he is right over there. Then Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said about Nathaniel, here he is. Here, uh, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, meaning this guy speaks his mind and what he says he really believes. He doesn't try to hide anything. And of course, Nathaniel is going to say, wait a second, I, I just met you. How do you know me? Look at Jesus's answer, because he's making it very clear right at the start how uh, different he is from everybody else. Nathaniel says, how do you know me? And Jesus's answer is, before Philip called you, when you were still under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. I'm gonna pause for a second. Do you know fig trees in the Bible by this time? It's where rabbis showed up and their students would sit underneath the shade of a fig tree, and the rabbis would teach the Bible under the shade of the fig tree. It's sometimes where Bible students would go, and they would open their Bible up, and they would read the Bible, and they would learn the Bible under the fig tree. Jesus is nowhere around that fig tree when Nathaniel is underneath the fig tree. But Jesus says, hey, you were under that fig tree, and I saw you under there. And it blows Nathaniel's mind because Nathaniel just realized Wait a second, you, no one was around me when I was under that fig tree. How could you see me? And listen to Nathaniel's answer. It's amazing what he says next. Rabbi, Nathaniel answers, immediately recognizes Jesus is different. He's at least a teacher, if not something much more. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus, I think, kind of chuckles to himself a little bit, like, ha, 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 you were impressed by that? Jesus responded to him, do you believe just because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You're going to see even greater things than this. And then he said to him, I, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending 
and descending on the Son of Man. This is a direct reference from Genesis chapter 28 when Jacob, the patriarch of Israel, sees the heavens opened and the angels are coming up and down from heaven. And Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, if you're impressed by that, you ain't seen nothing yet. What I'm going to show you is a super highway between God and earth. If you're impressed by that, you got to just stand back and wait till you see what happens next. Jesus is inviting people to follow him. And then they immediately take the one step to becoming a leader. They go from follower to leader by just simply talking to somebody and telling them what happened in their life. First comes family. It's only natural. Second, come friends, and then perhaps there's somebody in your extended circuits, uh, circles. Maybe they work with you. Maybe you go to school with them. Maybe you see them at the gym in a spin class all the time, and you talk to them, but you've just not got around to having this conversation. You know the difference between being a follower and being a leader is a one-step journey. It's actually not that big of a step. It's a really important step, but it's not even that hard of a step. See, I was really thinking about it this week, and I was thinking, how could I illustrate this to you? What, what would I use to describe how simple and natural this is? Andrew met Jesus, and he can't hold it in. He says, I got to go tell Peter. Philip meets Jesus. He can't hold it in. I got to go tell Nathaniel. And they go from follower to leader in one step, two examples of it right here in one chapter of the Bible. The easiest way to describe this for you is a bird that's in the nest and getting food from mom and daddy bird. And then one day this bird decides to do the very thing that God created this bird to do. It leaves, it takes the one step out of the nest, leaves the nest, and goes from being a bird dependent on mama and daddy to provide for me to flying, soaring over the treetops. And y'all, what we're trying to say to you as a church, what I'm trying to say to you from the Bible today is I'm absolutely convinced God created you to fly. And there's just one simple step that's uh, it's not holding you back. There's just one step you got to take. And that one step is just talking to somebody. Naturally, simply talking to somebody about the greatest man that you've ever met, the one who radically changed your life. I'll give you some really simple ways to think about this today. Really simple ways to do this. If you're a Christian and you have been connected with Two Cities Church for a little while, Maybe you can just invite somebody to join in with one of our life groups. You know, we got a brand new life group that's starting this week. This is one of the things that we say every Christian ought to be involved in. Living life and getting connected at a deep uh, heart level with other Christians. Well, Penny Neff is about to begin a life group. Maybe it's as simple as just inviting somebody who's already in our church, but not in a life group to get started in a life group. Maybe you've been going to church for a little while here and not physically in person, but maybe online and you're starting to feel like, you know what? I like this place. I think I want to call this my church home. Did you know that you could become a member of our church from around the country? We actually have members of our church that live around the world. And maybe the next step for you is to just simply call this your church home or go through our online membership class and I'll reach out to you. We'll talk and Maybe you take the step of becoming a member here. Maybe for you, it's even simpler than that. 
You just record your story. We put it on our website. We'll create some custom business cards for you. And when you meet somebody this week at the checkout line of the Galilee grocery store, you just say, hey, I'm, here's who I am. I want to tell you something about the greatest thing that ever happened to me. In fact, it's right here. There's a, it's on the website, uh, on, our, on our church website, and you can go to it at your own leisure and check out my story. I'd love to tell you more about it sometime. It's really that simple. It's supposed to be that easy. If when I use the phrase unstoppable leader, it freaks you out a little bit, I think that's because sometimes pastors make this too hard. They sometimes treat it like you got to have a lot of experience and a theological education and you got to be really, really mature before you can do this. What I just read in the Bible is Andrew did it immediately. Philip did it immediately after following Jesus. And I believe it should be that easy. I believe that it should be that natural for you to go from being a follower to an unstoppable leader. So I'm going to say a prayer for us. But before I pray for us, I, I have a challenge that's right here on the screens. And the challenge is maybe you have heard the gospel for the first time, and maybe you're starting to realize, um, I, I don't have that personal relationship. Like if somebody were to ask me exactly what happened and how Jesus changed me, I'm not sure I can answer that. And for you, maybe what you need to do is this morning to just ask King Jesus to change your soul and to make you into a new person. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you in just a second. But for the rest of us, here's my very simple, very easy one step for you to take this week. You got somebody that God placed on your heart this year that you want to talk to? They're your 2021, the one person that you want to talk to about Jesus? Would you call them this week? Would you text them this week? That's the first step. I believe Jesus will honor that step. And he'll take care of what to do, what to say next. Why don't you just bow your heads? Let me pray for us right now. And would you make some kind of commitment? This is not a commitment to me, not to this church. This is a commitment just between you and Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you take your Bible today? Not the words that I said, but would you take the words that people read naturally in the Bible? Would you help them to see how Andrew couldn't hold on to this news, how Philip had to go tell somebody, and those two brothers just took one simple step. They left the nest, and they went from follower to leader just by talking to Nathaniel, just by talking to Peter. God, I'm praying first for your people who have been radically changed by Jesus, but they're a little bit intimidated about talking to others. Holy Spirit, would you just make this very simple, very natural for them right now? Would you help them this week? I believe you put a name or a face on their mind that they're not sure if this person knows Jesus personally. Would you help them to make a phone call, send a text, and just simply say, hey, can we talk sometime in the next week or two? And then after they take that first step to become a leader, God, I believe that you'll meet them and that you'll take care of the details next. I'm absolutely convinced of this. But Father, I realize somebody may be watching this in this room. Somebody may be watching this online who does not know Jesus personally. And I would be ashamed of myself if I didn't offer them the opportunity to step across the line of faith and to become a follower of Jesus today. 
So maybe, Holy Spirit, you're speaking to somebody's soul right now, and they need to cry out a prayer of faith for the first time and simply say, Jesus, forgive me because I'm a sinner, and it is because of me that your blood ran red, and today I need you to forgive my sins. I need you to clean me up. I need you to make me into a new person because I'm making a mess of my life, and I can't fix it. And right here, right now, for the first time, Jesus, I'm saying I'm turning it all over to you because I can't keep doing this anymore. I just keep messing it up. And from this point forward, Jesus, I am placing my soul, I'm placing my future, I'm placing my, my life in your hands. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I will do it next. I'm just simply going to follow you from this point forward. And Jesus, if that prayer is real, if it's sincere, would you hear from heaven? Would you change somebody right there in their living room or in this room? And then would you help them to take the step, the next step of just telling us or telling somebody else what just happened to them? And they can tell us right there in that mobile app, but would you just give them the courage to take that next step? I pray for all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. I asked Kenny if he would do something special for us for Memorial Day. And in fact, I had a video that was going to close this service out. Kenny blew me away by what he did. I can't say it any better than Kenny did. So I want you to watch this video. And this music video will end our service today. Hey, good morning, Two Cities Church. Kenny Thomas with you. I'm here today in Clinton, Ohio at the Veterans Memorial Park. It's a great setting to introduce the song that I want to do for you. Jeff told me you guys are working through the book of John. Man, good luck with that. I've been working through the book of John all my life and I'm still not done with it. But one of my favorite scriptures is chapter 15, verse 13, John 15, 13. For anyone who's ever worn the boots, you guys are familiar with this. There is no greater love than he who would lay down his life for his friends. And for all of us who have lost somebody in the line of duty for defending this nation, we understand the pride and the pain that comes with that verse. It's important this weekend when we honor and remember our military and those who have served that we also honor and remember someone else who died for us, and that's uh, King Jesus. It's a big deal. And by honoring those who were on our left and our right, I think we also honor him. So the song I'm going to do is called The Last Man Standing. And I think it's spot on the money for this weekend. And I'm gonna, I pre-recorded it, uh, did a recording in the studio, and I'm gonna let you guys see some images that inspired that song. So God bless you for what you guys are doing down there. We're creating leaders in his name, so get out there and set the example for others to follow. See ya. Outside the wall museum, there's a statue of ten men. I met a man talking to the bronze in front of him. I said, mister, how you doing? You a soldier too? He said, every single one of these boys was someone that I knew. I'm the last man standing It's why I'm here today To honor and remember A promise that I made There's a price for breathing
We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.